Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome to episode number 28 of the Talking Blues podcast. I am Josh, just joined by Peter today in this episode. Alex isn't feeling so well, so hope he gets better soon. You know, hopefully he'll be able to join us for the recap of this game against Man City. Um, So a few things to cover. First of all, yes, I mentioned the last two episodes. Peter uh, made me aware of that before, you know, just before recording. Um, The... uh, at the Bridge Podcast, we're supposed to come on earlier this week, then later this week. Um, they are not coming on in this episode, so uh, you know, I'll let you know that in advance. They are not going to be on here uh, on the podcast. And um, you know, hopefully they'll be able to come on in the future, hopefully next episode. Um, we'll see what happens there, but no, they will not be on today's podcast. That's number one. Number two is, yes, this game is on Sunday. We are getting this preview out uh, earlier as possible because... We wanna we wanted to tie in the Aston Villa game and the Aston Villa recap also with the preview of the Man City game in the same episode because it's what we normally do and even though the games are kind of spaced out we wanted to do this now um, because if we wait a little few few more days then we uh, you know the game would have kind of been like in the past um, which it already is a day later but um, you know wh- whatever so we didn't want to wait till like Thursday. And also early next week, once we recap the Man City game, we will give our the midseason ratings, which we've been waiting, you know, which we've been letting you know about for a while now, and we've been waiting to, you know, let you know about for a while now as well. Transfer window is going to start up next week too, so it's it's going to be a lot of stuff. So we want to, you know, kind of get this episode out right now. And finally, we are going to have lineup predictions. We have no idea what the deal is with COVID. Obviously, we'll know by Sunday. Uh, but that's a while away. So we do have lineups. We're going to let you know them. And whether Chelsea or not play, that's not up to our control, obviously. But we will give you our lineup previews anyway. Okay, I think I've mentioned everything. Um, Aston Villa and Chelsea, I didn't mention this, though. They did draw 1-1. Uh, I had a 1-0, uh, 1-0 win for Aston Villa. Peter, did you have a 1-0 win for Chelsea? You let me know in a second. Olivier Giroud scored. Um, El Ghazi scored. Uh, it was it was just it was a tough game. It was it was a tough game. Chelsea did not play well. Frank did not manage well. Um, a lot of Chelsea fans want Frank gone after this game. 
And I don't fully agree with them, although I know that Frank did not manage the game well yesterday. That's something I can admit. Well, you said I, I did have I had a draw. I had a two two draw, so I was close. But I mean, we played we played I can't say we played badly because for, for most of the game we controlled a lot of it. We dominated them for a lot of it. We didn't have good end product. Looks like we, Frank. I th- I think I saw something about Frank saying it that we've been lacking confidence the past few weeks. And that would make sense. We get into all these attacking position positions, good chances, and it seems like the only person who can actually finish is Giroud, and that's not good enough. It's yes, it's good we have someone in Giroud who you can rely on to score almost every game, and he can convert a lot of chances. And he, he's a great attacker. But if we only have Giroud, that's not going to work in games where where he gets neutralized by the opponent's defense. Then we, we need to have uh, Pulisic, who had a really good chance towards, uh, I think it was towards the start of the game. He didn't even get it on frame. Hudson-Odoi made some good runs, got into some dangerous positions, nothing there. Mason Mount, Mason Mount's corners weren't good. We, that's usually something we can rely on. They weren't really good. I mean, we played okay. We played well at everything besides just finishing the end product. And now moving on from that, obviously you mentioned earlier how some people want Frank gone, how he didn't manage this game properly. I'm not sure. I'm fairly neutral. I feel like, yes, Frank isn't the best manager, and but I'm not sure there's any replacements that we could get that might be better than him. I'd prefer someone like the maybe Red Bull Leipzig's coach, like Nagelsmann, who maybe might help Werner and get back to form. But obviously, I think he's a better coach than Frank. But I'm not sure if he's going to want to leave Leipzig, even if it is to join someone like Chelsea. In my opinion, I would have liked Pochettino, but obviously PSG uh, picked him up after they fired Tuchel. Tuchel? Whatever, their old coach. And, I mean... Sure, there are probably better coaches than Frank out there, but I'm not sure if we can actually get them. So I think we might just have to stick with Frank. And I mean, he's still relatively relatively new in his managerial career. And I mean, he just has to learn how to manage games properly. He didn't do a good job managing this game. He didn't do as bad as of a job as he has at some points. But I feel like we definitely could have gotten a win in this game. We deserve to have a win in this game. And I think he, Frank, maybe made some bad decisions that could have made us draw the game instead of winning the game, obviously. The most glaring one is starting Christensen. I'd never want to see him play again. He's terrible. But I've talked a lot now. Josh, what are your thoughts? So there's a few points I want to, I want to get to, and I think you mentioned this already, um, that we controlled the bulk of possession. We did with like the 63% of possession. I think a lot of uh, – another big thing was the fouls. Um, we gave Aston Villa a lot of chances to have the ball back, right, when we either had the ball and we committed a foul – or most likely it was on the you know or it was on the defense most of the time. Uh, we got three yellow cards in this game compared to them only getting one. Sixteen fouls in total compared to Aston Villa's three. So we gave them possession. I I, I mean we have to you know there's I think an easy easy way to fix that. Just don't commit fouls. Um, and that could be tough at times, but I I feel like 
there's a, a easier way to fix that. But that was also a big thing that I saw that we committed a lot of fouls in this game. Um, corner kicks we controlled though, and shots on goal we we mostly control against against other clubs. We had 16 shots to their 10, five shots on goal to then to their two. I feel like the man of the match that not the man of the match, not my man of the match, but the man of the match that just had so many chances. And you mentioned him, Christian Pulisic just. Looked like the guy that was going to get the winner. Looked like the guy that was going to get the winner every single time, and he just couldn't get a goal. It, it just wouldn't happen. Whether he missed, whether he, it, the goal was saved, whether he hit the you know the post or whatever it was, just it, it wouldn't go in. It, it wouldn't go in for him. He just didn't have the day, and he hasn't had the day for a while. And I've noticed that too. Whether it's because he's still injured, he's still suffering from it. He just he needs to have that day with at least one or two goals because he hasn't had it in a while. And it looked like it was going to be his day multiple times, and it just didn't happen. So, you know, that's that's what stood out to me. But my man of the match, since I mentioned that, is going to be Olivier Giroud. And I think there's no there's nothing, and I'm sure Peters will be too. And if it's not, then it's not. But I, I think, you know, it should be him no matter what. He just keeps delivering one called on. And Peter, you said this too. But he's the only guy that can score for us. He's the only one that can score, can score uh, consistently for Chelsea right now. He got another goal, um, and and he did you know an ex and a really good job you know scoring on Chilwell's cross. He's just he's just so good. He's just so good. I, I mean, even at his you know even at his older age, um, I, I guess you could say he's still just such a great player, and I think that also helps him at the older age with you know how he's able to play play. Um, and, and I think Alex mentioned this in a prior episode, how he's able to coach the players uh, on the pitch as well, talk to the young guys, especially like, um, you know, Christian Pulisic, Kai Havertz, those guys that right now definitely need some help. And even though he might not have perfect English, you know, maybe he'll be able to talk to, to Pulisic well because I've seen him do it before. Um, and then Havertz, obviously, he doesn't speak German, I don't think, but, um, you know, they can hopefully communicate somehow. Um, just... He, he's the only one that's consistent right now. And the Germans have not been consistent. And some other players have not been consistent. You mentioned Christensen. Um, our backs of recently have not been consistent. So he's the only one on Chelsea. Oh, yeah. He's... I mean, I besides besides last game, Chilwell has been very, 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 very good and very consistent, consistently getting into good positions, consistently getting scoring chances, providing great uh, great balls into the box. And I mean, I as you said, Josh, I think it's obviously my man of the matches. It's Olivier Giroud. You basically summed it up. Only one being consistent and scoring. And we just need one game where it just we just flip a switch and then suddenly boom 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 all the shots we're getting all the chances we're getting we're starting to convert we just need one one little like one little like boost like a push and then i think they're all gonna start falling but i mean as of now we're gonna need key we're gonna need to rely on Giroud. but i mentioned before with chill i do want to point out that chill had a really really good day obviously he assisted Giroud's goal. It was a very nice assist and a very good goal. And I mean, he did that a couple of times with some great balls in the box. And I mean, he came one or two inches away from scoring an amazing volley to win it for us. That being said, I think it's bad when you're 
left back is your second best attacking player in a game. That's not what you want to see when you have talents like obviously Werner, who didn't start, became on Polisic, Hudson Adore, Kai Havertz, Mason Mount. Having Ben Chiro up there only behind Giroud, like I said, our attackers are going to need to flip a switch, get a push, something to, to just get them back into goal scoring form. Because I mean, all the chances are there. We're getting a lot of good chances. We just need to finish them. We just need to put them in the back of the net and finish them off. But I mean, it's good. It, it can't continue for the rest of the season. It's going to happen at some point. It's just hopefully sooner rather than later. And going from bad news to more bad news, uh, I mentioned this earlier, but Premier League is now struggling uh, once again with COVID. I think today it was 18 positive COVID tests or COVID cases, whatever, COVID tests uh, in the Premier League, whether that's players and coaches. We've seen now two matches um, have been postponed. Peter, you have those. I think it was Sheffield United, Man's, uh, Man City. And then there was one yesterday as well. You can let me know in a second. So we, like I said, we don't know if this game will be played on Sunday. We hope by then it will, you know, it will be um, all good and and the coast the cases will be um will be settled. But no, it was Manchester City's game against Everton, which scheduled for today or yesterday, the twenty eighth, was postponed after five uh, players tested positive, and then there was like another game that that uh there was like Sheffield United. Burnley or, or something like that. You let me know right now. I th- I'm not sure if there's another one besides this, but I know that Tottenham Hotspurs versus Fulham is in doubt. It's because there's been a COVID outbreak, which I mean is very unlucky or lucky for us, depending how you look at us. Because our next three opponents are Man City, then we a week uh, off, and then we play Morecambe, Morecambe, who actually also have had a COVID outbreak. And then a week after that, we play Fulham. So that's something to look out for. The ne- all through the next three games in our schedule, all have our teams that have been affected by COVID as of now. So I mean, that's something to keep an eye out for as of now. I most likely, I think we'll be they'll be able to continue to play these games. But I mean, if it continues to pick up like this, we, we might go into another stoppage, which. It's just something to look out for, but I th- hopefully I think it will be okay. Yeah, it's a really dark path, right, that, that we're going on. Um, you got to hope it doesn't stop, and we're coming up to this point where it's the second half of the season. Transfer window's about to open up again, and it's about to be, like, you know, fun. We're going to have some transfers, and we obviously have the, um, the Cups starting up again soon as well. So you have that excitement. So you really hope it just doesn't, we don't have another restart period where we stop again and then start again. And you hope that the Premier League and, you know, their clubs handle what they need to handle. If they're doing anything that they're not supposed to be doing, um, you know, that might come into effect now where we're thinking, oh, you know, how are they getting COVID? And it could just be something very simple as, you know, they're, they're getting it, uh, whether, whether it's within the staff or, you know, the but it could be irresponsible things from the clubs, and we have to keep that in mind. So you hope that they fix that up. Um, so we'll go like we'll like I said earlier again. We'll go to the Chelsea versus Man City game. That's going to be Sunday at eleven thirty. Hopefully, if they play eleven thirty a.m. Eastern time, that's four thirty for all of you UK viewers. Um, and Chelsea now sit in sixth place with twenty six points, tied with uh, Aston Villa and Tottenham. 
Um, Aston Villa's up one in the goal differential with 14, Chelsea with 13, and Tottenham with 11. Also, I just actually saw this. Man City as well, and Southampton with 26 points as well. So Man City sitting in eighth. Their goal differential is nine, and then Southampton at six. So both teams have the same amount of points, Chelsea and Man City. We obviously are going into this game, though, um, not as high as you know Man City is right now. Um, we have not been as lucky as they have been of recently. You know, in their last five, I think they've won three and drawn two. So they were kind of like us a, a little bit ago, and now we've dropped a few games. So we have two injuries going into this one. It's Reese James and Hakeem Ziyech. You know, there could be some other stuff there as well. But I think they're both questionable going into this one. Again, it's Tuesday, so we don't really know much. Um, I think he should be okay. Um, and I'm talking about Ziyech. Uh, you would hope he's, you know, comes on as a sub. I don't think he, I don't have him starting in my lineup for this game. And then Reese James. Uh, Lampard confirmed that it's a fresh hamstring problem. Um, that that's what he said after. That's why he missed the game. So you would think that sets him out a little bit longer. They have Asby, so he might not start. And I think that could be what happens. But they're both questionable for the game on Sunday. I'm going to go to my lineups now, and then, Peter, you can respond to whatever you want to respond to or just go into your lineups. Up to you. 4-3-3 for me. Mendy starting in goal. Center backs are, Zil- are, are um, excuse me, uh, Tiago Silva and Kurt Zuma. I don't think that we're going to get Reece James or Hakim Ziyech back this week, especially considering our game the week after is against a team that I think is in the fourth tier of English football, which is not the most, the biggest game, not at all, that I think we could either, that might be a game where it could be good to ease them back in, have them play for maybe a half or maybe 30 minutes towards the end of the game. But going back into a game against a team like Man City, where you're going to have to go 100%, 100 100%, 100%, go into every challenge for win every ball, that's dangerous for injuries, especially since they're both dealing with hamstring injuries, like what you saw with uh, Christian Pulisic. Obviously, it's easy to re-injure, and you don't want to do that. So I think most likely we won't see them against Man City then we may see them as a substitute against in our uh, FA Cup match. But I wouldn't be surprised if he, Frank just gives them two whole weeks off and has them back against in, for the next Premier League game against Fulham. But moving on to my lineup, pretty obvious. Mendy and goal, then Silva and Zuma uh, back from their rest. Hopefully they continue their form that they're in playing pretty well. And I guess I'll go to my wingbacks too. I'm gonna have- Why not? Why not? Go go into it. <laughs> I'll just have Chilwell on the left. He's been playing really well besides one-off game, and I think that was because he was still dealing with some injuries. So I think he's going to get back into form pretty quickly. He'll be out there on the left. And then, like I just said, don't think we'll see Reese James in this game. So I think Aspie will be out there on the right. Yeah, I I, I don't see Reese James starting either. So I have the same as you with uh, right back as Reese James and then left back as Ben Chilwell. I'm going into my three here at the midfield. Angolo Conte, I think he's going to start. Um, Jorginho and Kovacic been going back and forth all season with Frank. I want Kovacic starting. I like him over Jorginho. I think he's faster. I think he's quicker on his feet. And even though Jorginho, I think, is a better passer, um, I, I still want Kovacic out there. So I have Kovacic in this one. Conte, Kovacic, and Mason Mount. 
Everyone says Frank Lampard seems to love this guy, and I can see why. Um, but, you know, I also fall into the category where I know Frank Lampard definitely has a special spot for, for Mason Mount. So I think he has him starting over Havertz once again in this one. And I don't want Havertz out there. He's been struggling. And I think Mason Mount has been playing pretty well. So I have him out there. Yep, I completely agree with you. Kante, Kovacic, Mount. Mount's been playing pretty well. He's looking like one of our more dangerous players. Uh, he'll be in there. Kovacic, you basically said it perfectly. He's quicker on the ball, quicker on his feet. In my opinion, more dangerous than Jorginho. He's especially a better dribbler. He can get at the tight situations, and he can go on, on a counter quicker. And I think he's, in my opinion, just more valuable in there. He's gonna he's a better fit, and he's a better player. And he'll be in there, hopefully, and hopefully he'll perform. And I guess I'll just go on to my attacking three. I think it's going to be the same as it was last game. It For the most part, it was very good got into a lot of good spots and we just need to finish so i think ballistic will be out there on the left Giroud up top and then Callum hudson adore on the right so um i don't i don't know how you know i'm not i don't have cho out there and maybe frank does this i think they do the i i call it stupid because i think it's a stupid top three um where when werner is not playing well you know it could be just because he's not playing well but we still don't put him in his true position. And yes, most of the chances have actually been like clear, you know, you know, opportunities where he's just not able to finish. And that could be, you know, he's not even like in the, it doesn't matter whether he's in the striker role or on the wing anyway, because the chances that he's getting are still kind of like a striker position type, you know, shots and he's just failing to score. That's fine. But have him at the true position where he plays normally and where he's had success over the years. And this is why we got him to play striker and we're putting him on the wing. And I think Frank does this again because it's a lineup prediction, not who I want in my lineup. So I think it's going to be Timo Werner at the left wing position, Olivier Giroud at striker and Christian Pulisic on the right. I hope I'm wrong and I hope you're right, Peter. And I really hope that, um, you know, Chelsea go with an actual left winger, an actual right winger, right, with CH on the right and Christian Pulisic on the left. But I just think that's what's going to happen. And I think Lampard has winner starting on the left wing. Uh, position which I I just don't like so it, it's just annoying to me uh score prediction for me I'm gonna have a win for Manchester City uh it'll be I'll go 2-1 uh, Manchester City win I agree that it's gonna be a Man City win I wish I could say otherwise but with the form we've been in I can't say I can't say if it's a prediction for score I can't say that we're gonna win without being completely like just lying I think it's going to be a 3-1 win, or 3-1 loss, and hopefully Werner comes on for Giroud up top, because I like that last game, giving him at least some game time in this natural position. Hopefully he comes on and scores a goal, or Pulisic scores a goal, somebody scores a goal, and hopefully, like I mentioned earlier, that flips a switch, and then we become better going forward in future games. But regardless of if that happens or not, I don't see us winning this game at all. Yeah, it's it's sad right now, you know, here on Talking Blues, Talking Chelsea, and it's um hopefully we win a game and that'll get our spirits up. Once again, thank you so much, Peter, for joining me. Alex will hopefully get wet, uh, get well soon, and he'll join us next episode because you know it's a big one. We've been talking about it for a while. Uh, happy New Year, Happy Holidays to everyone celebrating. Next week we will have our midseason, whatever you want to call it, mid our, our tiers, our grades for each player on Chelsea. Um, and you know, 
we'll 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 definitely let you know our true opinions on on each player. There are some that I will not like, and we'll give them bad grades. So I'm interested to see who you have, Peter. And you'll you'll let us know next episode. We'll have our Manchester City recap, hopefully, as long as coronavirus doesn't impact that game. Please go follow us on Twitter at Talking Blues Pod. Go follow me on Twitter at Joshua29. Go follow Alex on Twitter at Anorian23. And also, while you're on Twitter, go follow the Giant Take Pod. That is a New York Giants podcast. They, are, they play American football, and that is a podcast that Alex and I do. Peter has been on there two times uh, um, towards the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. Um, so you can go check those episodes out as well. Um, wherever you're listening, please subscribe. Drop a five-star rating and review. An Apple podcast really helps us out. Or wherever you're able to, give us a rating and review. Um, keep listening. Share with one friend. Share with friends and family. Share on your social medias. Be sure to tag us at Talking Blues Pod if you're going to do so on Twitter. So we know you did so. And um, yeah, keep listening. At least one episode out every week. Sometimes two. Um, We'll see what happens coming up as Chelsea will keep on playing more football. We'll keep on putting more episodes out. Thank you so much for listening to episode number 28 of the Talking Blues podcast. I'm your host, Josh, joined by Peter. We will see you next time. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.